you know, when I hand out my number to the ladies, give them my light level. Works every time. Okay, so we got to talk here. Uh, who's starting the podcast here? Are you? Because we're partners now? Uh, do I? Do we start at the same time and see who talks faster? What's going on um, here? What's the plan? Rock, paper, What's scissors at the start of every episode to see who starts it off. Rock, paper, scissors. All right, you ready? No, I'll let you have this one today. What? You can't just forfeit a rock, paper, scissors match? <laughs> yes, I can. Watch me. rock, paper, scissors your forfeit. Fine. We'll rock, paper, scissors and see if you can forfeit. All right. Eh? Let's do eh? it. Okay. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, gun. Oh, I got a gun. Oh, man. I guess I win uh, anyways. Okay. Whatever. Fine. Hello, everybody. And welcome to episode 21. We are ep- you know, the first episode of the second season of Casual Master Quest. Holy smokes. I'm on fire. Put this, you know, this smoke out. Uh, I am Tyler, your host. But not just the host, I am a host. Because now, being the super ultimate partner duo, I have over in his other side of the corner, he has the other half of the room completely to himself. Holy smokes, it's spacious over here. Hello, what is going on, Nick? Hi. Hi, I know, right? I, I'm sitting <laughs> on a, I'm like, fireworks. This is a lot of space. I've never had this much space to work with before, so I'm not exactly sure what to say or do. Uh, I mean, are you territorial? Like, are you gonna like uh, start sandbagging? Not, like, not really. I'm pretty much the a, whole podcast. I'm, I'm pretty much a pushover. So, I mean, if you ask nicely, or even you don't even have to ask nicely, I'll probably apologize. I'm gonna poop. Uh, oh, okay. Go ahead and use my bathroom. I mean, the Canadians have uh, indoctrinated me quite well, so you can you, you can just say whatever you want, and I'll probably apologize for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, first question for you. Yeah. I, uh, this, this has been out for a couple of weeks, but uh, thanks to an interview of a uh, fine lady, there's been a healthy comparison of the U.S. president's penis, apparently being compared to uh, yes. Toast from yes. uh, Mario Kart. So, yes. uh, what, do, what do you think? Does this uh, devalue uh, President Trump's dick, or does this raise the value of Toad? What's going on here? What do you think? Um, because I hated Toad in the first place, and now, uh, I mean, he. We always joke right. that Toad looks like a dick, but. I, I don't have any, um, um, you know, as we've gone over this back and forth, I don't have any nostalgic connections to any sort of, like, people from the Mario universe. Um, so, for me, it really devalues the president's dick. And I can say that, un- like, openly, because I'm living nice and cozy in Canada. So, <laughs> I wonder, uh, I, I know a lot of people don't like talking about uh, President Trump. And uh, I think this is the first time I've ever well, brought see, his I, name. I don't like president. talking about president trump mainly because i'm brown and bearded oh okay yes that's true <laughs> uh um, as you can see i do not have uh any uh con- you know questionable flags behind me and all that sorts <laughs> i'm not wearing the red patch of a certain kind and uh quite frankly i don't know uh how to feel about the idea that uh, our president's dick uh, is supposed to be compared to a fungi uh it's interesting i feel bad i feel bad for his wife oh it's like uh, I have a friend who likes to play specifically as Toad during Mario Kart. And so now if I call him a dick, I can be a little bit more literal about it. So <laughs> I got that going in my direction. It's like, like you... being it's like being bludgeoned with with a uh, cylindrical rod, but with no smooth, you know, smooth like ends. Just like you're being pummeled by it. That's what I would imagine it feels like. Oh, my. <laughs> you go on. <laughs> we, uh, should, I, should I unzip? Jeez, what are you doing here? Gosh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll call him a dick. It was like, that's president's dick to you. <laughs> so, what have you been doing? What's uh, what's your life been like over in your end? 
Um, school's been school's been something else. I'm in a bit of a high school like mean girl situation in school. I can't really talk about it because the podcast is like linked to all my socials. So in case it ever came back to an investigation to me, um, I might this might be used against me. But it is it, it is a bit of a messy situation. Um, you know, one that I wouldn't imagine that I'd be in, considering the fact that I'm paying uh, 2.4 dollars a course a semester. Um, and you would think that situation like this would not happen, but you know, what are you gonna do? But it sounds like something for the Patreons. No, <laughs> I mean, um, if you get money for legal fees, whatever the heck is going on here, jeez. Uh, all right, that. I got my. You got your Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I got my uh, Switch. The next, holy shit, you have the fucking Switch. I got my Switch. Yeah. Wow, man, you uh. That's awesome. It's so weird and surreal to see that actually in your hand. Like, I, I remember the one day that we talked about this, like, in episode 7 or episode 8, and it's like, we're in episode 21, and you finally have a Nintendo Switch. I was honestly expecting to have it in my hand sometime next year. Never next thought year. This. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I, like, said it to you either on there or off there. I was like, I got to make sure this mofo gets this thing before the end of this year. And yeah. I, I was true to my word, so I'm glad it worked out. Uh, have you bought any? Not uh, yet, but I do know what I'm getting first, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Sure, sure. Is there anything yeah. else that's going on in real life for you, or? Yeah. So, um, uh, this is a little bit heavy, um, and we're not going to stay on this topic too long. But I had a I had a high school friend. We were friends of friends, uh, but we grew up we grew up in the same batch of uh, you know classmates together. So uh, knew him for about four years, yeah. um, and I found out the other day that he actually had committed suicide. Um, presumably, nobody really knows why yet, but his best friends are saying presumably because of uh, mental health issues. Um, now I'm not exactly sure where he was. Um, if he was back home in the Middle East or if he went back to his home in um, uh, Bangladesh. Um, these are not exactly countries that are open to having... Uh, basically, there's a lot of stigma around mental health. Mental health doesn't exist, practically. And so really, I uh, main reason I bring it up is because I think um, this is this is an important. This is something that affects everybody, regardless of what kind of uh, uh, wherever their life is taking them. Mental health is a real thing. Um, it, a lot of it is classified as uh, uh, illnesses, uh, you know, because of uh, so and so chemical imbalances and whatever they may be. And um, it, it is important to have a dialogue where uh, we're open about talking about stuff like this, so that you can go out and you're not afraid to talk about it yourself or ask for the help if you might need it. Um, and so really, if, if you are going through some things, reach out to anybody, uh, be it people, you know, be it your family, be it friends, because there'll be at least one person who gives a shit and it's better to try than not try. I feel. I agree. Uh, not to draw away from the lost year friend. You know, that's not where I'm going with this. Uh, I've made it clear that I uh, consistently uh, fight off uh, depression almost on a daily basis because, uh, you know, with uh, the right mindset and the, uh, I guess, according to doctors, went out the wrong set of chemicals, uh, you uh, have one thing and uh, that turns into a dozen things. And before you know it, you feel like uh, the whole world just turned against you and uh, feels like you have no way to fight back against there no way to you know get better 
and then uh, before you know it, you feel like uh, you don't have a place in the world. Like, uh, like to me, depression starts with me getting mad at something and something is upsetting me. But uh, once it compounds enough and it feels like it's the norm, suddenly I start questioning whether I should be mad at it or if the, you know, the subjects are mad at me at that point. It feels like maybe it's my fault. And then that, you know, you let that get severe and all of a sudden it's like it's bad enough to like there's no place for you here. It's time for you to go. And that's where, you know, suicide begins to, you know, take hold with the, uh, the you know, start thinking the, the wrong shit. And it sucks. I've, I've been there. I've, you know, tried shit. Obviously, I'm still here. So, you know, I goofed up somewhere, huh? thankfully. Otherwise, uh, you guys wouldn't, you know, get to hear me trash talk near Automata saying it's a shitty game. But, uh, <laughs> You know, uh, there's there's a lot of stepping stones, and definitely the first thing, uh, number one thing you should always have is communication. I made sure that I had a group of people that I knew I could talk to, talk to, you know, no matter the circumstances. My wife over there, obviously, being the first person, if I ever feel like uh, I'm in a nasty spot, I'll let her know. It's like, hey, I'm feeling sad today. You know, it's almost childish to say it like that. Like, you know, I'm sad today. Something's getting at me, and it's frustrating, but she was always there for me. She's always, you know, she's had her own times. I've had family that will reach out to me. It, it got to be careful because there's a lot of times where family and friends will think the starts thinking along the lines of the boy who cried wolf. Like, oh man, I'm sad today. It's like, well, what, what can I do about that? It's, and suddenly they start saying things like, oh, you're you're too high uh, energy, or you're you're too needy, or too high maintenance, and that can be scary. And suddenly you start thinking whether or not you need to reach out more sparingly or whatnot. But uh, no, uh, I mean, the strongest person you need is yourself. And if that doesn't always work out the way you want to, always make sure you have someone close to you. And that's my thought on it. Obviously, yeah. you know, it, it could be completely wrong. I don't know. But uh, no, we are we are social creatures. You know, we, we there's never been a time where I think I've gone through anything alone. Like I've gone through periods where uh, it was just me, myself and I. But, you know, there was always somebody eventually. Um, and we, we were saying reach out, talk to people. But it, it again, if you're living in a place that has such a large stigma against mental health, it can be rough. Yes. Uh, and so it's easier said than done. But and also we're not professionals by any means. No, uh, we are definitely not mental health experts on the field, but at the same time, we are fortunate enough to live in a part of the world where we can reach out in such a way and not feel, you know, completely outcasted for doing such a thing. Because as you said, there's some parts of the world that just simply reject reality. It's like, you're you're not depressed. You're just having a bad day for, you know, the past five years. And yeah. (laughs) I know, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, man, you're just living a nightmare that doesn't wake up. That's normal. <laughs> that, that, uh, talk about your firstborn you know, being born. That's how that works, right? Talk about augmented reality video games. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Anything else on uh, your end, man? Um, No, not really. Apart from that, it's just been a, been a long week, um, which I'm sure you can uh, relate to. Oh, Tell them what's, what's going on with your week. Yeah. So uh, for the people who watch me on the streaming end, it might notice that I end up canceling streaming this week because, uh, as I've mentioned before, I have a new job. I, uh, I got laid off, shocker, from the company I kept saying that I was going to get laid off from. And I realized that I couldn't do the whole thing where I bounced around with jobs in between uh, my main job or was my main job in hopes that they would keep me full time. 
In fact, I was kind of frustrated because not only did they, uh, you know, give me the layoff date and told me there was no way they could hire me because they can't hire anybody. Then I had noticed that there was an advertisement seeking a full-time position for the exact job I was shooting for. So that was a blow to my ego. Ego? Maybe my eagle too, my hawk, I don't know. But my (laughs) ego specifically. But at the same time, I already had myself lined up for the job of, you know, what I'm doing right now where I'm hauling car parts and whatnot. And this has been a real change in experience. It's the same thing. I'm going to different stores and delivering stuff on pallets. However, instead of doing it from 5 o'clock in the morning until like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm starting at 6 o'clock at night and then working until 5 in the morning. Third shift. I haven't done third shift in almost two and a half years. And becoming a night owl over the course of a week has been rough. And I'm also used to only doing like maybe nine hour shifts, which, you know, I've done 14 hour shifts. No problem. I've lived that kind of lifestyle. But uh, going from like a nine hour day to a 11 hour, 12 hour night really cuts into my schedule a lot. It's like, oh, man. If I have to start at work at six o'clock and I got to stream at six o'clock, what's going to happen? And it's like, oh, I got to murder one of them. Well, I like money, so I guess. So I got to refigure out where I'm streaming and whatnot because uh, I'm sleeping from 630 until 230 in the afternoon, which to me is a blessing and a curse because I love the idea of sleeping in the entire morning. It feels great unless there's one little thing, just the most tiny thing that wants to wake you up. You know, it could be a mailman who wants to honk because they want to let you know that package is here. It could be your neighbor who wants to suddenly hire roofers that week. And, <laughs> you know, they, they hit the hammers just softly enough to not wake me up, but make it sound like knocking. So Louie gets triggered and he's like, I got to defend this fort with my life by barking as loud as I can. Hey, <laughs> FYI, fun fact, I live right next to or I sleep right next to Tyler's side of the bed or, you know, in that area. It's like, wow, okay, sure. Thank you, Louie. You did a the port. But first week is done. I did a full week. I proved I was able to do it. I'm alive. I was not like, because I was, when it comes to a new job, the first week, I always like start dreading everything. Like, oh man, when if I fail this? When if I fail that? I, I didn't fail. I did, you know, great on everything. It was just more of a challenge of, uh, you know, getting through just it. The schedule and just like life schedule. Make sure I force myself to sleep until 2, 2.30 instead of, you know, let's get up early because there's weeklies to be done. Right. And uh, ironically <laughs> enough, uh, the person that trained me this week, uh, he's the kind of guy that played a lot of games as a kid, but didn't get to because he became a real adult instead of a man child like myself. Right, right, right. I won't put it in your direction, but let's be real. I got more Zelda and Pokemon paraphernalia than I ever did yep. in my childhood. I'm not yep. actually, I am proud of it. So yeah, hell yeah, dude own it. And so, uh, you know, I talk with him about video games because if you're trapped in a small metal tube with each other for, you know, 11 hours a day for five days, you got to talk about something. We, like our, our first common ground, I think, was Wolverine. And it's like, great. <laughs> I don't even care about Wolverine, but this is the closest thing to media that I can talk to you about. <laughs> and eventually, we scored on Mario Kart. And it's like, oh, have, have you played the Switch? And he's like, what's a Switch? And I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, my sweet summer child. So uh, the next day for our lunch break, I bought my brought my Switch into the uh, truck. And we played Mario Kart together, and that's the first time he played Mario Kart in like 10 years, and he got the chance to play it again. And he's like, 
holy shit, I gotta buy one of these things. I'm like, you just, like, he told me earlier, it's like, he's never gonna buy a system because he has to focus on working on the house. Don't do that, because then they're gonna blame me that you didn't, you know, finish working on your living room or something like that, putting in a new window. And so we spent every lunch break playing Mario Kart. Now, the first day on Tuesday, when I brought it in for the first time, he tied with me. I was impressed because, you know, four races, you get certain points per race, you know, for position. He managed to tie with me. Like, holy crap. And he crap. hadn't played in, like, years or whatever, right? You're pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And then the next two days, I just curb stomped him. It was vicious. Like, it was <laughs> almost demoralizing. Like, I had the, there was one point that I was like, okay, I'm going to play with a controller in just one hand. I'm not going to do anything else besides drive with my thumb and then, you know, jump and use items. It worked. It was upsetting. Yeah, you know, I'd get seventh place and you'd get 12th. And it was like, come on, dude, I just played it with one hand. You got to you know, learn to let go or something here. But on Friday, I think we ended up tying again. And at this point, I had brought my own auxiliary cord. We had the music and the stuff playing surround sound in this, in this truck. At two o'clock in the morning, right next to you know some bar that we're sitting in the middle of nowhere, just pounding this music while we're trying to murder each other with red shells. And man, it got intense. But I think I lit a maybe a fiery passion that he hasn't discovered in a very long time. And I'm glad I was able to do that. You see, yes. uh, some people might be the, uh, you know, we, you know, the Vita is the thing of the future. But at the same time, <laughs> I can spread the love of the Switch. And the nice thing is uh, there's a difference. You can actually buy a Switch somewhere that isn't, you know, uh, a warehouse in Hong Kong. So I hope that guy, you know, is strongly <laughs> considering that. <laughs> Okay. Oh, I mean, where else are you going to find it? Over in Taipei <laughs> or something? You ain't going to find it stateside. I mean, at this point, it feels like uh, the next National Treasure movie is going to be the discovery of the <laughs> secret lost treasure trove of Vitas in the United States. And they're going to start looking at, like, uh, the Sony Declaration of Independence. <laughs> like, this is the Declaration of Independence. We're going to have to go and find schematics of a PS Vita and... They're gonna have to go to the movie cast of the uh, the movie where they go to North Korea and uh, hang out with Kim Jong Il, or yeah, no, oh, Il, yeah. Kim Jong Un, and because yeah. uh, North Korea got so mad that they hacked, like they used all two of their computers that they had to magically hack into Sony, and uh, you know shut that movie down, and Sony kind of you know folded their cards, but they put it up on Netflix later. We gotta go into the cast, like the uh, the fake. Uh, super castle that Kim Jong Un had in that movie, <laughs> and we got to just you know that's where it's at. That's where what all the called? PlayStation the, the dictator was it. What was it called? Yeah, the dictator. Is it okay? I'm uh, pretty sure. So, anyways, there's the Vita Phil. What have you been playing, man? Um, so Destiny Two. Okay, uh, let's talk about Destiny Two. Give me a number. Right. Give me a number. Um, I believe my max is five eighty-seven. Holy shit! Nikes. Yeah, since we since we last recorded, I think I've done the raid twice. Uh, first time I did it with my friends, and we really were just like focusing on communication, learning the mechanics. Like we learned the mechanics from other raid guys that were posted, but then it was really just getting the communication down because um, we don't really have a lot of friends who uh, play regularly. So we had to get two people from like friends of friends. Um, so the first two encounters, there's six encounters in total. First two encounters, me we we four manned uh, which, wow, uh, which is possible only because of how high we were, um, and we just had like a fucking fantastic like 
communication system going. We like a boss. We, we had we were stacking all the right buffs. We were just like super like PVE sweat lords. And then um, the second run I did, uh, which was on Wednesday, I believe. Um, so uh, the main boss of the uh, of the of the raid uh, took us with with my first clear took us about maybe an hour hour and a half okay. just because of mostly communication. I would argue even two hours. Um, on this second run, uh, we one tried everything. So like nice. we. Except like the end and maybe one other part in between, um, we maybe wiped five times in total. But we won. You know, it was one try for everything, um, and I'm I'm really happy with myself. Oh yeah, that's oh. something to be proud of. Like I'm happy with my own thing, but you know, everybody has their own steps. Yeah. Uh, myself, I hit five sixty two. I still haven't had a chance. Nice, to dude. Five sixty two. That's yeah, a that's considerable still- jump considering like where you were a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean. You know, we were talking like 534 and then like yeah. 548 and yeah, 562. Uh, I I don't know if I had the sleeping sim last time. I think I did. I think I did. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks, but uh, been uh, doing that. I'm able to start to solo the Ascendant Challenge and the uh, the super heavy duty wanted bounties by the spider now. Nice. So, uh, before, I would have to depend on certain people uh, to meet up with at nondescript times. And uh, go, you know, do that. But now that I'm self-dependent, you know, if somebody wants to do it, I'll do it with them because it's, you know, easy. But it's fun at the idea that I'm not powerful enough to see the progress I made to where, like, oh, I could have never done this. This would have taken hours to, like, oh, I can do this in 15 minutes now and not hate myself. And it feels nice to be able to progress enough in the game where things are beginning to become more efficient versus, like, I'm, you know, crawling up. Uh, against a cliffside, trying to get to the next light level, but now you know it's like, oh, I can actually walk up a hill instead of you know climbing the cliffside, and I'm really appreciating that part. I don't know what light level I need to be to before I should start considering the raid. I know they recommend what 560, I believe. Um, you know, you're good now. Um, it'll just be the last few fights. It'll be a challenge uh, because um, they scale up to 585 or 590, but you're within the bracket of where you can do damage and doing it. So I think we did it. I was 560 when we did it. I was the lowest in my team. Everybody else was 570 plus. I was 563, so I was in the I was in the least possible delta. No, I think 556 to 560 is the least possible delta you need. So delta is every five levels. That's the damage scaling. So the higher up you go, the more damage you'll do. Um, And so I think for 585 opponents, you need to be at 535 minimum. But that you'll be doing as like little damage as possible. So in that case, if you're a 534, you would hit them and they would say immune, right? That I believe so. Yeah, okay. I don't know. If the, I don't know if the numbers are exact in terms of like uh, the level differences. But if you're too low, you'll be hitting them with immune. Okay. There was just yeah. uh, one time that I like queued up for a strike when I was uh, like level 32 or something like that, and then I don't know why or how, but it threw me into a position to where it, I think I was almost like 80 to 100 light level below the recommended thing. Right. Yep. We, we did a strike, and then it kept pushing us forward, and it's like, oh, you want a real challenge, huh? Well, how about this? And we, the three of us tried shooting it. I was like, we're not doing any damage. And then they one shot at us. And they're like, I guess we're done. That's it. Uh, That's unfortunate. Now, uh, as per the agreement, we wanted to decide that we were each were going to start playing a, a new game, preferably every yeah. week. Maybe just give it a shot to see a try. What is your new game? 
Um, Octopath uh, Traveler. Downloaded the demo for it on my Switch. Yeah. And it is the game that I'm going to be getting for my Switch. The first game that I'm going to be getting for my Switch. All right. So, little disclaimer. I'm an idiot. Um, I, I said I don't know how I feel about turn-based games. Yes. Um, I'm, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with them. I'm not their biggest fan. And then I realized that Pokemon is a turn-based game. <laughs> and I've put at least... You've bloodstream since day one, and you're like, I don't know how I feel about these kind of and games. I, and I've put at least 500 hours cumulatively into, like, the games. At the very least, into the Pokemon games. And so I'm like, I'm an idiot. I should really try Octopath. And it's a beautiful game, eh? Uh, and I have my, I, and this is probably like common across all like uh, Japanese games that have been, uh, uh, you know, translated and ported over. Uh, but some of the, some of the voice acting and some of the story can be a little bit uh, cliche or cheesy at times. So uh, if I were to say that uh, sometimes when there's conversation going on, it looks like it might have been taken out of a Shakespearean play. That and sometimes it feels a little bit forced or like it's a middle school drama like kind of line. Oh, but, it's like uh, most Final Fantasy games. But it's not. But it happens, uh, you know, uh, very little, uh, at least so far in my initial play uh, playthrough of the demo. Um, and the story is uh, pretty. I, I enjoy the story of the different characters I pick picked so far. Um, and the, so the combat system, um, I believe we covered this on an episode quite a while back when Cam was doing his playthrough. Yeah, I don't uh, remember. It is, uh, go ahead and refresh me. It is very... Um, it can get very intense really quick. Like, it can get really difficult really early on. Um, and I remember, like, uh, dying completely a couple of times to some of the big level bosses, uh, despite being them the starter bosses, just because I didn't have the strategy right. So it can get really intense, and it's scary because I started enjoying it. And that means that if I actually get the game, it's going to suck me in, and I can't wait for it, but I'm terrified of that happening. Free your shackles, that is Bungie's <laughs> prison. Explore um, yourself out of the tombs, that is Destiny 2 and venture your way into Square Enix's hideout. Welcome to, uh, what, I forgot what it's called, Octopath Traveler. <laughs> so, uh, what, what's really your main character? What's your character that you started out with? I picked, because I'm a weeb, I picked the dancer. Okay. And I really enjoy playing the dancer because she's got some really nice uh, uh, support uh, skill set, uh, like some really nice support moves and yeah. some really like heavy damage dealing moves. And then from there, I think I decided to go and meet um, the apothecary. I can't remember his name. Yeah. And I mean, I Al? Al? I don't remember. Alfin. Uh, Alfin. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. I, I'm surprised I actually knew that because yeah, I and then the dancer's Primrose. Primrose. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, Nick, did you know, did you know, her, 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 that uh, Octopath, if you pick each of the letters, that's the first letter of one of the characters' names? Like wow, uh, Primrose, would... the P in Octopath? Yeah, that would, that would make sense. That's pretty cool. Oh, you didn't actually know that. I, I, no, I didn't that actually was like, know. That was an open secret that, you know, everybody. No, because one of the about. other, the, the cleric, her name's Ophelia, that much I know. Um, and I don't know anybody else's name. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. if you... Think about the the name Octopath. You can take uh, at least a small guess. That's, that's pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's my uh, new game for the week. Um, the demo only allows you to play three hours, and um, because of how busy school's been, like I haven't even been playing Destiny every day. Um, I'm about two and a half hours into the demo. 
Uh, I think I'm like at level 10 for uh, my main character, Primrose, right now. And it's... I'm honestly having fun. I'm enjoying traveling around, walking around, doing, going through the battle sequences. Uh, they're really uh, a little, uh, equal parts intuitive, equal parts strategic, um, and they're very dynamic. I'm just trying to think uh, how much time that you'd have to put into the game to fully complete it. I think Cam might have said something along the lines of like almost 60 hours kind of level stuff. So, I mean, uh, which that, is why I'm terrified. That is a jump. Like, I still haven't beat Persona 4. I, I, I put away that Vita and I need to pull it back out and finish it just to say I officially finished it. Right, right. But that's still another 10 hours of suffering that I don't make. Maybe. I'll, I'll think yeah. about it. I'll think about so, it. So you mentioned you played uh, some Mario Kart this week? Yes, I played Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, specifically with uh, my trainer. I will, you know, played in about two and a half hours because we have half hour breaks and all that stuff. Got my fill on that, so I'm primed up to smoke anybody, but I'm also the kind of guy, it's kind of like in Pokemon, where uh, if you put free-for-all rules where you can pick any Pokemon you want to, I still won't choose legendaries because I have pride. And in the Mario Kart uh, universe, uh, the big heavy winners are the heavier guys because they have the max speed. And all the pro players that want to win, you know, that are, you know, as you would describe it, sweaty, uh, pick heavy characters. I always play Waluigi because that's how I roll. Waluigi feel like, (laughs) I love how you always, like every time you just suggest, it's like, I got to sound just like him for some reason. (laughs) Okay, so beyond that, I've been playing also my Phil of Destiny 2. We talked about that. Minecraft, because uh, even though I'm putting my my heavy duty streaming on uh, hold, I've uh, started working on what I call Super Sub World. Did I talk about that in the, the last episode? Or I, I, I mentioned it to you. I know we've talked about it, but I don't think we've talked about it on, on an episode before. Okay, so since I became an affiliate, I personally don't really care about the whole sub thing. I just like the idea of being called affiliate because it's a cool batch name. Right. But there are some people that I have in my life that simply don't care whether or not I don't care, and they do it anyways. And, you know, they get a cool fancy badge and all that stuff, but it's like, I want to let them know that they have a special mark in my world of the streaming business. And so I am playing vanilla Minecraft in creative mode, and I'm building a world called Super Sub World. And I put in probably about six to eight hours worth of building into it so far. And uh, not only that, my wife Amanda has actually uh, put some work into it too. Now, uh, just uh, start off with the details. Uh, Super Sub World, you know, I, I made this small town that I'm just slowly but surely spreading around, making different kind of buildings and whatnot. But anybody that subscribed to me, either, you know, through regular Prime or, you know, through the, the big whammy $5 or more, I gave them a uh, 10 by 10 block and just built them a shrine dedicating uh, <laughs> that whole area to them. Like my best friend, uh, Brandon, my first sub, uh, I made him a, a normal looking wood house with fountains on the side and stuff. But him and I, when we played Minecraft, we loved diamond blocks to the point that when I became a moderator, I, uh, well, I mean, I think I mentioned to this to you where I cheated <laughs> yeah. a crap ton of diamond blocks. So it looks like a normal house, but then you go down and it's just decked in diamond ore and diamond blocks everywhere and a little throne made of diamonds. And then, you know, I had one for Nick. Nick is cool and, you know, he likes the, the cool. Not me. Uh, oh, His sorry. Nick. Sorry, best friend Nick. Yeah, you haven't 
subscribe to me. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I made him a giant iron throne with lava and a bed in the center. And then uh, he took his mom's account and uh, Prime subbed to me because she wasn't using it. And so I made her a pretty little house. But I made a lot of cool shit. Uh, I made a, uh, not a pirate ship, but just a a wooden sailing ship just jutting out of the uh, the clutch, uh, the edge of a cliff just sticking out. And I thought that was cool. And then I made it like a little winter home on, uh, on the mountain. But Amanda, I want to give Amanda credit. And she's peeking around the corner with uh, her evil like smile. She thought she was entertaining now i want to preface this, this with saying amanda did not like the idea of playing in creative mode she does not believe or did not rather uh believe herself creative enough to do anything that was interesting she'd make her house into the the side of a cliff into like a, a dirt cave and then i would be making you know cool wooden houses of you know cool duplexes and all that stuff she's like i will never be able to build as cool as him and you know put me on this weird <laughs> pedestal that i made myself out of gold but she tried her hand at it just to humor me. And she's like, can I build this over here? And she points at one of the highest mountains in the in the distance. I'm like, sure. About an hour and a half later, I come back. And I told her that this world's called Super Sub World. And so what does she do? She replicates a beautiful 12-inch turkey sub out of wool. <laughs> this is giant thing on sticking on top of my fucking mountain. And she's looking at me like she's all proud and embarrassed and stuff. Oh, it's Ham. Sorry. And then she you know, went as far as uh, built what it looked like a googly-eyed Deku tree. And then uh, built a large sheep made out of wool, ironically enough. And uh, that that has been an experience. I ha like I made a video that I want to like I shared once at the beginning of the stream to show people that what I'm building. But uh, I haven't had a chance to show the world, you know, what's been going on. It looks so great. But uh, on the other hand, further into the Minecraft world, I've uh, played... Uh, Cam had talk, called it uh, Pixelmon, which is technically correct. But Pixelmon specifically was uh, a mod... The mod specifically. Whereas uh, the what I'm playing is called Pixel Spark. It is the community that is taking that mod and then building it into different servers and whatnot. So groups of people can play together. Because you can play Pixelmon by yourself and you'll randomly generate, you know, Pokemon centers and all that stuff. Right. Not as fun. It, it can get boring after a while. Amanda dragged me back in because I, I tried playing. I was like, eh, I'm not really interested. And all of a sudden, you know, I look down and I see this rope hanging around my leg that tightens and just drags me into the pit Yoink. that is Pokemon Minecraft. I'm like, no, I just want to play one or the other. Not both. Not both. Ooh, this is nice. <laughs> and uh, so I started playing for a couple hours. Uh, discovered that I like the idea of make like if there's a game that I can just grind and make money. It's like oh, by the way, Tyler, uh, in order to claim your own property so no one else touches it, you need to make money. I'm like oh great, how do I do that? Well, you can either sell Pokemon, so I'm pretty much <laughs> Team Rocket, or you can go mining at this uh, mine farm that has like spammed amounts of diamonds and whatnot to cash in on. It's like. I like making money. Let's be Team Rocket. So what I would do is go into this mine, dig, find fossils, turn those fossils into Pokemon, and then and cash in on those fossil Pokemon. Yeah. And I'm making the money. And so I got that going on. I'll give you an update to see uh, if I'm going to be able to meet Giovanni just yet. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Why would you want to meet Giovanni when you can become Giovanni? 
Uh, Giovanni, you're right. Giovanni is not a person, but a status at this point. He is a philosophy that I will eventually embellish into my own persona. Now, again, that was kind of a new game, but I do have two new games that I want to talk about real quick. The first one is Nintendo's new IP for the mobile called Dragalia Lost. Have you gotten a chance to play that yet? Or It is not on the iOS store, or at least ooh, not in Canada. Ooh. I'm so, sorry, Mr. I did Apple try to look for it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As I you know, shine my Android-powered <laughs> glasses or some crap. Uh, so Dragalia Lost. It's, uh, it is a game. It is uh, specifically a gotcha game. It, it's not a shocker, honestly, because uh, after the Fire Emblems game that came out on mobile, it's pretty much the same basis on how things are going to go. Now, Fire Emblem has its own strategy, you know, time of, uh, you know, it, it, it's Fire Emblem. Yeah, yeah. But Dragalia Lost is, this is the first time I've seen this since uh, Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks, actually where uh, you move around by putting your finger on the screen, like you'll pick a point, move it upwards, and that's where the character will move, and then you tap to attack. Now, it's a simple but, you know, smart move for an Android touchscreen-based game, but uh, like I said, they did that on the DS, and it was just weird thinking that, you know, Nintendo incorporated that. Now, they probably didn't invent it, but, you know, I'll give it right, credit. Right. So, it's basically focused on the prince, who wants to make a, a pact with a dragon so he can save his kingdom. Kingdom. <laughs> yeah. Kingdom. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the kingdom of uh, Fetish uh, or something like that. They all don't wear socks because socks are filthy, but there's the evil sock wizard who just wants them all. <laughs> they're they're all just wearing, like, crotchless pants and, oh, uh, you know, assless chaps. Cows are extinct called. due to the amount of leather they did. And that's why they want to make a pack <laughs> with the dragons so they can use dragon scales for their, you know, their ass cheeks. So Fish anyways, sweaters. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine that being incorporated into a game. Like, like I imagine like Shigeru Miyamoto just walking and like, all right, guys, what? And he's he just, just got, he just got like, he he went out for a nice dinner, and it just happened to be like just a you know a bunch of nature's finest mushrooms, and he walks in just all loaded, and he's like, all right. Fuck it, we're just gonna we're gonna make the best game of all time. You know, I've always wanted to make this game, and it's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> like he has like an art team of like fifty just sitting around this long table, and like they're all sitting there waiting for him to show up, and he goes in, slaps like a cup on the table that's made out of like random wood pieces and Legos and stuff. He's like, all right, let's Kojima the shit up, and that's what they're they're gonna save the kingdom of foot fetishes and the evil sock sorcerer that's going to take it out. Anyway, so Dracalia Lost is none of that, unfortunately. In fact, if it was, uh, they would have a lot of money out of my pocket. So he's making, a, he's making a dragon pack. So he can yeah. become a dragon, essentially. And the first thing I thought was, oh, it's going to be cool playing a heroine. But it turns out it was a guy. Whoops, my bad. And uh, you get to have a sister uh, join up with you. Get a bunch of people to get to join up with you. And that's how you build you build a team of four who are pretty much sitting behind you to assist you as you're moving around and whatnot. And the way you collect those is essentially, you know, uh, loot boxes. And you do that, you try to get a five star, but you always get a three or four star. And it's like, if you spend $500 billion, we'll guarantee you a five star. That can't go wrong. <laughs> and so I've done that. I got into play for about an hour and a half. Now, the cursed thing about playing, uh, I was a passenger in the truck during the training phase, and I knew where I was, I 
knew where the drives, so I wasn't paying attention. Okay. But I was playing this. And I was like, okay, it's like like only 50 megabytes to install. Cool. Nice and easy. As soon as I started up, oh, by the way, it's 1.3 gigabytes in order to play Oof. this part. I'm like, oh, okay, let's do this. Goodbye, you know, uh, phone uh, data plan. I do that. And then it's like, okay, cool. I complete a, for a couple of chat, uh, you know, uh, sections of a chapter. And then I select a quest. Uh, you're going to need 17 megabytes to do this one. And so they piecemeal you one to ten megabytes at a time for each Sounds one. It's like, right. just download the whole dang thing. What yeah, are you doing? Yeah. Deleting every time I play? It's like, please. So after a while, uh, I was not able to play anymore because I went out so, so far into the boonies. I didn't have phone signal to download <laughs> 0.15 megabytes to continue. It was very upsetting. It's like, just let me download everything. You might be able to, but they don't give that as a default, default option to do. So that's Regalia Lost. It's pretty cool. It's definitely a gotcha game. Got to be careful because I always, it's the same mindset every time. I play, and if I like the game enough, I'll give it uh, between 10 and $20. But then that feeds into a different addiction. It's like, oh, we're going to give you a lot of good stuff, but not to make you, maybe you should put $5 more. You know, no, just $5 no. more and then uh, the residue of your transaction, you can get something cool. Or, you know, maybe $50 more, depending on you know, what kind of game. So, Dragalia lost. I had a chance to play Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I chose that over Spider-Man. I made the big jump, and I do not regret it. Have you played the other Tomb Raider games? I have played Tomb Raider and then Rise of the Tomb Raider, yes. Okay, uh, yeah, okay, so I meant, uh, have you played any from this uh, current iteration? Um, I mean, what, those what are, are your the thoughts on? Two. Yeah, yeah, so uh, what are your thoughts on Shadow of the Tomb Raider? I, I might have tried the one that came out for the PlayStation 1 where she has the... Uh, Breasts that are like strictly the shape of uh, the great yeah. pyramids of no, no, so yeah, no. So, when I ask if you played the other Tomb Raider games, I mean from like this current like uh series from this iteration, and so that's Tomb Raider and Rise of the Tomb Raider, yes. Uh, Interesting enough about the triangle boobs, the pointy boobs, um, if you pre ordered Shadow of the Tomb Raider, you get uh, a costume in game, uh, I believe I could be wrong about this, that lets you equip the triangle boobs. Oh, great. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, Square Enix. That's, <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway. That's all I needed. Wow, they really know um, how the needs. How much have you played of it, and what are your thoughts so far? I know it's a lot darker story-wise than the previous ones. So I want to also... I love, I love disclaimers, for the most part. I've only gotten to play about two hours of it, but okay. that is because uh, I wanted to play with my wife watching. This was like... This wasn't a stream game. This is a game where I wanted to play, and we right, can enjoy right. it together. Yeah. Being a third shifter is problematic to this. I got to do it once, and then, uh, you know, by the time I get home to, you know, possibly play this, she's got to go work at 6 o'clock in the morning. Then she'd come back to 3.30, and then I got an hour and a half before I got to get ready for work. And during that time, it's destiny or nothing. Like, what's the point of living if I can't get my daily done at that point? I know I got four days before it disappears. Whatever. But... This weekend, I'm hoping to give it another chance so we can play some more. Uh, during this time, you're right. Because uh, the first one is simply, oh gosh, oh woe is me. I'm in, you know, I was on an adventure, misfortune happened, and now I'm stuck on this island with a crazy Japanese queen that has the power of the gods to create no, you know, no one can leave. You cannot yeah. leave. It was pretty cool. It was a good introductory. I thought it was great, a great game. Rise of the Tomb Raider does the same thing, but goes forward. It starts to introduce the concept of Trinity because Trinity was not present in the first one at all. Uh, actually, I 
Well, no, in the movie they tried incorporating it to where uh, the the bad guys were Trinity that are also trapped on the same island as the game. It, it, the story diverges fairly quickly, but it's a similar concept. But I believe in the first one they don't say that. The, no, it was just random people that went on there that got screwed over in there trying to please a god. Second one introduces Trinity, which I had no idea about Trinity for the most part. You know, but Trinity is the de facto bad guy from uh, Tomb Raider. Yep. So I like that it had introduced a more interesting crafting system, uh, you know, with hunting wild boars and bears and other wild animals that want to murder you. And I was not a big fan of that, but that's okay. I can get over that. It was a good game. Still, everything it felt like it was morally in the right for uh, Lara Croft. Like, uh, bad guys are trying to do something naughty, and Lara's there to stop them. This time, Lara is starting to look like she's becoming battle-crazed. Uh, she's starting to raid, you know, the tombs, as one should. But now she's becoming addicted to it to the point to where she's starting to prioritize the lives of the many for her interest to explore, you know, these holes in the ground with sweet treasure and all that. And uh, I think it's safe to spoil the first two hours, right? The the the, the beginning beginning of the game. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll allow it. I mean, I'm not going to go into deep spoilers. She's trying to catch up with Trinity. Shocking. Yeah. That's oh, what wow. Wow. I know. How dare you? And, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to get a little crazy here. She explores a tomb. <gasps> he can This time, though, this other tomb that she finds with the holy treasure, because she beats Trinity for once, and it's like every time she beats Trinity or uh, the bad guy to a holy treasure and all that stuff and gets it, she has to do all the booby trap running and whatnot and then has to give it to the bad guy. Happens yep. every single yeah. time. That's no, how you have to. Otherwise, there's no challenge and then there's no point for to move the story forward. Indiana Jones does it. Uh, Uncharted did it. Tomb Raider does it. James Bond did it a couple of times. Yep. So what she ends up doing is she finds a treasure and looks at the wall behind it that depicts all sorts of bad things happening with this uh, dagger in hand. And like, they don't suggest it immediately until she makes the mistake of taking it, saying, man, if I touch this thing, bad things might happen. Earthquake, volcano eruption, horrible storm, typhoon. Oh, well, Trinity is coming in. I better take it for myself. Takes it. Hey, guess what? Bad things are happening. Now, (laughs) I'm worried because uh, in the games they uh, do cause supernatural things to happen, but with uh, people that make Trinity or sorry not Trinity Tomb Raider movies or you know anything of the other kind of uh, media, they try to make it look supernatural, but then they explain it with something that's like, oh really, this was actually happening. So um, Trinity gets uh, this holy item that's causing all sorts of disaster, and then. I'm watching uh, Lara escape through a city that is being flooded by a huge wave of water that is just murdering people. People that she was talking to like hours before. Now, Trinity was killing uh, the workers in the area trying to find this item off anyways because they thought they found it, which, you know, I paid into it, whatever. But there was like, there was moments I was like, holy shit, that happened. Like, this was persona level, holy crap, that happened. (laughs) There was a time earlier because uh, it's focused on uh, Day of the Dead, uh, you know, because it was focused yeah. in Mexico, and uh, there's a, a mother who's making fun of a kid because he drank a beer, 
and he was feeling like crap. And I don't know if it was the same one specifically, but there was a scene where I'm climbing across a building trying to escape these flooding waters, and the kid is hanging on a piece of wood out of the window with fire, screaming for his mother in Spanish. And before I could reach him, he has to let go, and I watch this, you know, 10-year-old kid scream for his mother as he dies into the waves below. And even Lara's like, holy shit! It was just like, I just stood there like, they did that. And they're portraying it right now as Laura's fault. It's like, wow, Laura just, you know, essentially caused... Hell yeah, death. it's Laura's fault. And she saw the painting, she saw the murals, and she, she decided to pick it up anyways. And it, this is going to be the last part I you know, go with. Uh, she's yeah. teamed up with her buddy boy, who's been going with her almost at the beginning of every single game. I forgot his name specifically. And he's up there uh, trying to save people and get people to safety, and she's like... I know where the next tomb is, I think. We gotta stop Trinity because they got the dagger thing. And he's like, we gotta save these people, are They're in danger. She's like, but the tomb. I need my addiction. You know, shoves the syringe into her armpit. And he's like, are you crazy? You're watching people die. Potentially because of something you did. And all you can care about is this tomb. And it starts an interesting new perspective where Lara might be a little too, you know... uh, She's trying to ignore the few, the save the many kind of mentality. But at the same time, that is a tough decision to make in the face of the people, the few you're watching sacrifice. Like I had to go through a huge area watching people dead moments ago, drowning. And I'm going to mute myself for a second. Anyways, uh, so it, it was vicious. It was horrible. Yeah. And uh, I'm wondering to see if the, the misfortune will uh, cause any future problems. But I'm only two hours in. I just started. I tipped the toe in. What I'm secretly hoping, and I hope I'm not accidentally spoiling a game for myself, Trinity is, in fact, causing these accidents. Like, they had bombs planted on, like, a nearby dam, and that's what flooded it. And they're trying to blame Lara to convince her to, like, join them or something like that. That would be the natural explanation of how things really happened that makes sense to me. But at the same time, I watched the plane get ripped across by a blizzard. It's like Trinity had these mega flying fans blow up the snow. The rip. Yeah, the no, like apart. the first first game wasn't afraid of introducing supernatural elements in a way that didn't seem overdone or like you know didn't seem uh, like there was like a wizard standing standing on top of a crystal uh, tower shooting lightning from his hand. It was just very it was very uh, natural kind of like supernatural elements until you get to the end and at the end too it's even it's not absurd i've seen worse movies sure right now are we talking about the movie or the game at this point um i was talking about the game okay uh, like the sure. first yeah the first tomb raider game at the end it, it's not that bad like the, the main focus of supernatural in the first game is really uh the inability to leave and so natural disasters yeah. to- magically occur for 15 seconds and then yeah. wham bam welcome to the island welcome to the family motherfucker and that's pretty much how it goes yeah. uh so yes i'm looking forward to that that's been all the games i've been playing this week i'm trying to think if there's anything else i've been touching but uh i think that's uh, enough to talk about because we have burnt a lot of time doing that we have burnt a lot of time doing that so the nice thing is we can pull out and put stuff in as we see fit uh this shouldn't take too long but for our little modular section, we're going to plug yeah. in story time. We're going to talk about a little story because your lives are terrible, but our lives are more terrible. And we <laughs> like to share our misery to make you feel better about yourself. It's called Schadenfreude. And so 
hopefully you'll take pleasure. Now, our stories might not be miserable this time, but maybe there's something that you're missing in your life. Yeah, maybe the, the story question this time is, what is the time you discovered a game you really liked by visiting someone? Did you go to a friend's house and, uh, you know, maybe you went to your uh, mother's friend's house and their kid was playing this game and your eyes widened because you discovered a whole new world. There is a story to be had with everybody with this. I would like to think there's, you know, somebody's got to have that story just tucked away somewhere. They discovered a game that they really liked by doing something like that. Maybe they're being babysat by somebody and they went over and they discovered Duck Hunt. Well, Nick, tell me your story. What game have you discovered? What's the story behind it? Hit me. So I've I've got I've got two games here. Um, one two where games, I, double uh, the yeah, stories. Double Ooh. the stories. Ooh. One uh, where I visited a friend, and one where a friend visited me. Um, and in both cases, it's the same friend. Uh, best friend growing up. His name is Arushik. Um, so the game that I discovered visiting him, he was having a little birthday party. This was, I think, when we were still in our uh, single-digit years. So I might have been nine. Uh, I might have actually just been 10 or 11 TBH, to be honest. Oh, man, you'd be the Brock of the team, huh? Um, you know, the guy who's 14 and perving on 18-year-old women who <laughs> work at... Uh, I, I, was, I was, like, super tall, super young, and then everybody started growing taller than me when I was about 14, 15. That, that was a feels bad. Um, anyways, uh, went, went over to his house. I wasn't the most social growing up, uh, social person growing up, um, and so I saw a PlayStation, and then I started playing it. Um, and he happened to have Ratchet & Clank 2 in the, uh, in the slot. And that's, uh, you know, I, I grew up, my first PS1 game that my parents bought for me was um, was uh, Crash Bandicoot 2. And so that's where my love of, uh, you know, platforming games came from. And then I played Ratchet & Clank 2, and that was even f- uh, that love was even further bolstered. It was even further enhanced uh, because I just enjoying, enjoyed the, uh, like, I picked up the advanced uh at the time, the advanced uh, uh, you know movement of uh, strafing and shooting at the same time, just almost immediately. Mind blowing. And here I was jumping up and down, beating this giant tentacle monster with this gun I just found, and it was fantastic. And so um, that was the first game that I was introduced by uh, introduced to by my friend. Second game was Halo. So we often spent. Uh, weekends like he'd come and spend the weekend uh, like he'd sleep sleep over and we'd be up till four or five in the morning just uh, playing video games um, and so one one day he came over um, and we we take turns with games like this but he bought over Halo Combat Evolved uh, we ordered some uh, we ordered some uh, I think it's called Carl's Jr. here in the states for us we, we call it Hardee's um, Ooh, so Hardee's yes I've heard of them uh, most I uh, call them Carl's Juniors. You can call them Hardys. They got multiple names. A man of many names. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, ordered some of that in. We were uh, just chilling, watching some TV, and then it got later in the night. Then p- popped in Halo Comet Evolved on my uh, de- home desktop computer, and we just went at it all night. And I just remember thinking, how how can a game this good exist? Like a game this, this good. This is the pinnacle of gaming. Should it, this is this is this is the moment that first-person shooters were introduced into my life and he doesn't even play games anymore he's a chef now he's a pastry chef that poor soul now uh, <laughs> i just want to i mean i'm sure he plays games maybe he does occasionally but i haven't had you know regular contact with him in years um need to show him the nintendo switch and it's because of this this motherfucker that i'm still playing video games and i couldn't be more grateful isn't it nice to swear anytime you want to now <laughs> it's so nice it, it's freeing because before like we privileged ourselves after an hour and then we barely did it but now it's like free range it's like do it and it's so, just very natural so anyways uh yeah i've 
I have two questions. What was yeah. your friend's name again? Um, Orushik. Okay, uh, uh, part two to that one question. Was he a Pokemon? <laughs> I know it's terrible. Oh, I know it's terrible. Mind you, we played, like played Pokemon together a lot, actually. And I remember one very specific moment our families you went on a... No, I didn't try to catch him. <laughs> Our families went on a road trip. Okay, two specific moments. Um, I was in the middle of a hot streak with the Elite Four. For whatever reason, I think we were having an argument. He knocked my Game Boy Advance out of my hands, and I didn't have my uh, back cover for the batteries, and oh. that knocked the batteries out of my Game Boy. And so I hadn't you saved murdered him, him. So he's dead now. I was, I was upset. And another time, I think on the same road trip, but coming back home, uh, I was watching him catch a Groudon for so long. Eventually, he was down to like 10 Pokeballs and he caught it with one of them. Nice. And it was just like a diff like we, we lost our minds. We were like, it was a Pokeball, but it was a Groudon. The, you well, know, the Pokeballs didn't work, the Ultra Balls didn't work. Yeah. You know, fun fact for me in the original red and blue, Somebody uh, told me this, and I believed them for about 10 years, that you can only catch Mewtwo with a Master Ball. And I, d I discovered later that you can catch him with a Pokeball if you really wanted to. But, uh, wow. Okay, uh, my second question is, what was your favorite multiplayer map on Halo? I never played multiplayer until... Uh, oh, so all, it was all campaign. It was all campaign. I never played multiplayer, like even online multiplayer games. I didn't get a chance until Halo 4, because I never had uh, Xbox Live. So I got Xbox Live for free for two weeks when I first bought Halo 4. Um, so I played that for quite a bit, and then I bought an Xbox Live when I moved over to Canada. So, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, for me, I never got to play it on the PC. For me, it was uh, the OG Xbox, but what, uh, being able to play that, I remember very, very specifically, I believe the map was called Valhalla, which uh, is I, I think I know the map you're talking about, yeah. That is the map that... Uh, Rooster Teeth has gone as far as, you know, make that the default map for uh, red versus blue. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, two bases away off from each yeah, other. Yeah, in a I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And so much time I had spent on that map. Just so much time. And it, we we had the set house rules. You do not touch the tank. You do not touch the <laughs> uh, the giant yeah. alien version of the tank, which sucked anyways. Like the, the, the scorpion tank was like god mode. It's like, yeah, it's, pretty it's much. So, other than that, though, uh, the ghosts were okay. I think that's what they called the, mm -hmm. the little, uh, the little tiny ones, uh, yeah, so the the single person ones. yeah, yeah, right. and yeah. just having so much fun with the warthog. Like, I remember to this day where we'd have two versus two, just one guy driving the warthog and the other one, or rather, seeing them just like cartwheel in the air trying to get to us and whatnot. It's like none of us knew how to drive, but we sure in hell tried, anyways. Mind you, I remember now in um, and when we had like a computer class in school growing up, um, where we learn about like um, Excel, Word, whatever database, uh, Microsoft Access. Um, we had a demo version of Halo Combat Evolved installed for whatever reason. So we were all we all played <laughs> LAN games. We 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 did LAN multiplayer. So and so these were you have to know uh, like uh, these were uh, rows of computers, but back to back. Right, so you'd be able to see the people on the other side. So we'd have we'd get into like these big land party land uh, games of like twenty people, and there'd be me and one other person running around, switching over like 
switching over the mouse and keyboard ports. So I'd put somebody else's mouse from the other side into Why somebody else's mouse. Were you just not able to play? So you decided if I can't be happy, no one here in this land party. No, can because be happy. it just got it just got really like uh, repetitive doing it over and over again, like playing that same thing over and over again. So like halfway through the year would be like, all right. Time to have some fun. So we'd go around switching over keyboards, um, um, mouse boards. <laughs> we'd go around and be like, somebody's flying a banshee and they're like on a really like hot kill streak. Be like, oh, you're you're on a, you're on a kill streak there. It'd be a shame if I press this button here that drops you out of your banshee from that height and you die. I'm trying to think of like uh, the courtesies and discourtesies of us like playing and fighting together. Like the biggest uh, middle finger, like pressed against the face kind of thing that you could do is to get up to somebody, punch them in the face. I think punching them wouldn't kill them, but it would take down their shield, and then just stick them in the head with the uh, plasma. Now, the plasma <laughs> stuck will kill them anyways, but the thing was to us hitting them, just saying, ha-ha, can't, you, know, you can't touch this, and then slapping with them, running away before they can kill you, was like the biggest, like, look at me, I'm a badass over here. And, you're, you're, you're... and of course, then there was teabagging. Yeah. Was, no, but the teabagging, especially when you know the people, it doesn't mean as much, right? Um, right, because you can just punch the shoulder of the person next to you doing like. And I've seen that happen in like uh, competitive, like full-on professional tournaments as well, when the people on uh, the other team know each other and they'll start teabagging. Sorry, they call them um, they call them uh, respect kneels. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, Bend the knee. <laughs> like, uh, uh, tactical crouching. Oh yes, tactical, tactical. crouching. If there's an American flag during the national anthem or something like that, and there's happens to be a body in the ground, well, what do you do? You got to take a knee. Yeah. I love hearing you like you're backing off. It's like, oh, Americans politics. Ooh, gotta be careful here. Uh, That's why I'm in Canada, so you know. Yeah, I know you're 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 protected, man. How's the marijuana everywhere? I'm out of the. It's actually going legal in about eleven days. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. One day, one day, but as long as I remain a federally uh, regulated truck driver, that will not happen anytime soon no. on my end. So, a game that I got to discover, and this is probably one of the most important games to me, was uh, I was being babysat somewhere in Indiana, and the babysitter, uh, I don't know, she had a life, she was a single mom or something like that. She did, uh, she got sick of me sitting in the house and playing with her four-year-old son, playing with his Power Rangers, like I was 10 at the time. And actually... No, I can't say I was 10, because I think this game came out in 2002 or 2004. I'll have to double check just to make sure specifically. But uh, I basically, I went over to, uh, with her, to her friend's house, and the guy was just sitting there on the couch, uh, I'm assuming, uh, high off his mind, and playing on his GameCube. And I didn't understand what it was at the time, but once I realized it was Link, and he was playing uh, the Earth Temple and Wind Waker... I sat down amazed because, like, the biggest thing I played on that end was Ocarina of Time at the time. I've never, right, I, right. like, I would have loved the idea of being able to play, uh, you know, those kind of games, but I was still scrapping together my Nintendo 64 trying to be cool with Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. And so, around that time, with, you know, watching Wind Waker is like watching the future and being able to see my favorite game series, a game I would not be able to touch for years later. It was wonderful. It was, it was magical. I got to watch, you know, this cartoonish-looking Link. And a lot of people back in the day, you know, the um, people that are much older than me and a lot whinier, like, eh, it looks too cartoonish and stuff. Okay, so maybe I was 14 or whatever, and 
I was a kid. Who cares? I loved it. I still love how it looks. The artistic design was a great move. But yes, I got to discover Wind Waker by a chance encounter of a babysitter taking me over to uh, one of her friend's house. And uh, I probably would have played it anyways, but that was my first sneak peek right, preview right. of being able to see it when it came out. Such a memory for me. I still remember to it. Well, I mean, obviously, I hope I remember. I just recounted yeah. it. Where I accidentally <laughs> pushed the button on the side of my head. I was like, no, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> Wind Waker uh, came out in North America in March 2003. 2003. So yeah. I would have been 12 at the time. Okay. okay. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like, I, I, I know I was young, but not, not enough to be in middle school, or I would have been just barely pushing middle school. Right. So that's, that's my story. That's my memory of uh, me, you know, discovering a game, going over to a friend's house or something like that. Now, let's do the topic of the show. Oh, boy. Hopefully, this won't take too much time. But it might be uh, two sentences. Who the hell knows? Topic of the show, Collector's Edition versus DLC for making money by the publisher by either a decent money-making plan. Is there a better method for the player and or the publisher? Now, there's obviously many options that you can go with making money besides selling the base game. A lot of people simply agree that uh, going above $60 is almost heresy at this point. Right, and, right, but it's unfair for the developers and more than likely in this case the publisher to recuperate the money for their advertising cost. They got to get money somehow, and obviously the nice way would be selling millions of the copies of the game. Obviously, if they sold an extra two million, they'd be happy. Nothing wrong with that. However, and this has been a burning trend since I think two thousand six or something like that. The idea, I mean, collector's edition's been out since the beginning of time. The idea of, you know, paying extra 20, 30, 100 dollars to get the, the Master Chief Spartan helmet, to get the legendary edition of Halo 3 and all that stuff. That's a thing. That's real. And DLC obviously uh, didn't come out until much later, but they're both big things. Now, which one do you think is the, the better money-making plan on the publisher's point of view? Um, I think uh first we have to differentiate between the different kinds of collector's editions so you have the collector's editions that'll release let's say it's a single player game so let's say god of god of war for example so you'll have god of war um and then it'll release it'll come out with a really nice box art really nice you know uh high quality box um and then you'll get a collector's items some stickers uh this that whatever right and then you have the other collector uh, collector's editions that uh, are mostly for uh, service type games so let's take destiny for example um with the latest release you had a collector uh, collector's edition that bundled uh the first two dlcs and uh the latest dlc right so if we're talking about the one with the physical item usually i would think you would make a limited amount you'd see you'd make a limited amount uh basically yeah, uh, based how many uh, pre-orders you're going to get of that um, and then determine how many more you want to make to make sure that it's still, um, r you know, there's still few enough or you've made few enough where it still feels like it deserves the title of collector's edition, but you're doing you're making enough to make money off it. Um, now, when you say it like that, just the idea of uh, recognizing that there's going to be a limited amount versus DLC, which can be unlimited to the amount of players, I feel like we both can already figure out which one probably makes more money in the long run. I think, unless you think that there's such a huge amount of money and profit being made for those collector's editions that the DLC seems, you know, insurmountable in terms of the amount of money. No, the DLCs are going to probably make more money by 
by far because not everybody's going to be able to afford a collector's editions and there's always yeah. going to be a limited amount um here i i don't know why i started on this tangent that i went on but no tangent uh, away that's the point of casual master quest let's talk <laughs> casually on this master quest I, no, I was just trying to break it down into like you know the different kinds like so dlc based collectors uh, editions are mostly for people to catch up and to give new players an opportunity to jump back into the game or jump into the game uh at any point in the middle right so um most service like games or most mmorpgs will have uh similar kind of uh options for new players to do that uh, i'm not super like well uh well versed on wow but wow i think world of warcraft had the most ridiculously the most absurd price point you had to pay until a few months ago if you wanted to jump in somewhere in the middle you had to buy every single dlc prior yes the, is that the correct? nice thing is uh yes you're very right the nice thing about that was uh they printed out so many of these damn discs back in the day that you could get the expansions from like mine pot stores that just have them collected there for like five ten bucks a piece you could buy them digitally online for like 20 a piece but you're right uh, and to a lesser extent, uh, Forsaken is doing the same, or sorry, Destiny is doing the same thing. They gave you the option to where you can, you know, buy everything for 60 bucks right now. But that wasn't the case up until uh, a month ago. You were, you had to buy the base game and then you had to buy each of the uh, DLC expansions. Yeah, and as as Destiny veterans, most Destiny veterans would, ar uh, would not, not argue, would say, um, if you're a new player and if you've been watching Destiny gameplay, uh, just wait closer until Forsaken's release because that's when they'll put out like a bundle. Um, so that's just like the, the culture that we know of. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, uh, DLCs do end up making uh, uh, publishers and developers mon more money in the long run. And I... <laughs> we as as consumers we we have to vote with our uh wallets so look at what happened with battlefront right we, people battlefront declined heavily because of all uh the bullshit that you know with their loot box systems and people essentially paying to win um and when you have that with uh, games like uh, overwatch there's no dlcs but you have to pay if you want to get more loot boxes um but it doesn't affect gameplay uh, and that's how I think we're, we're seeing... Um... You say that, and I know uh, you say that in the sense of that it's purely aesthetic, but I feel much more badass when I'm glowing rainbow colors when I murder somebody. So I don't Oh no, like... 100%. You, you can feel more badass, you can feel more confident, but they, at, at the end of the day, if you suck, you suck. <laughs> like, I just feel like, like it, it's... Obviously, uh, you don't have to buy uh, the costume to make yourself feel better. It's one way of doing it. You can also shoot up heroin, and maybe they'll give you an edge too. But okay, maybe that was the wrong direction where I was going. With this. <laughs> Let me don't do heroin, kids. Uh, you know, stay in drugs. Don't do don't school. Do stay in drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, man, and uh, play Overwatch. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, like microtransactions are the one way I think uh, publishers and developers are more conscious of if they want to make more money to support the, the, you know, the development of the game and the maintenance of the game. Uh, but they're more wary now that they have to do it right, especially because you have all these different laws that are coming to affect Europe uh, regarding loot boxes and their relation to gambling. So I believe, uh, I can't remember, there was one, one city uh, last week that officially banned loot boxes. Um, I and think it might have been Belgium. Like, oh, Belgium. I, I like, could be Brussels? very, Something very like wrong. Or... 
because no because because the fact that it's just purely gambling and gambling's addiction um so no more loot boxes ever at all um so i could be wrong it might have been belgium it might have been germany um uh, germany i know has been looking heavily into it um but sorry uh, yeah, i'm sure you heard there? that a second ago uh so my cat gets fed at two times in the day 6 a.m 6 p.m well, which uh, cat is this? Willow or this is Willow, my uh appears to be Willow, my great cat. Uh the cat did not get fed. As you can see, it's 611 my time. And she actively rebelled <laughs> by launching her fucking metal bowl off like, where's my dinner? <laughs> wow, princess. I'm sorry. But uh, um, uh her maiden, my wife, will uh it, what? Did she just knock it over again? <laughs> Welcome to Casual Master uh, Master yeah, sorry, Folks, to, uh, Real Life Real Life Edition. Real Life uh, Edition. When cats, when cats, cats go cats. wild, cats gone wild. Like I, I thought the uh, the kingdom of foot fetishes, <laughs> the evil sock wizard was great enough, but you know what? Uh -huh. Cat evil cat queen will work too. So, anyways, uh, I mean, there's is it, an expansions DLC, right? An expansions like a super format DLC. Um, y yes, uh, an expansion is a super form of a DLC. But it's also um, technically a required DLC, if you think of it that way, because in order to progress... If you want to keep up with the game, right? Yes. So, Bungie has changed the narrative with their upcoming DLCs. Uh, so, so how the system used to work is that you'd have the DLCs that would focus on campaign um, uh, expansions, campaign stories, and campaign editions, and then you'd have Eververse in game, which everybody hated. But all that money for Ever Eververse would go to supporting like more content and stuff like that. We wait, never wait, wait, saw wait. Humor me for a sec, okay? Eververse is Tess Eversus uh, thing, right? Yeah, and you can buy silver. Uh, sorry, yeah, you can buy silver to spend money. So it's like microtransactions and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, buy silver to spend. You spend money to buy silver to get emotes, to get ships, to get shaders, to get a whole bunch of things. Um. So the 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 uh, premise of Ever Eververse of Tess Everest was all the money that they were going to get from people spending real money on silver was going to go towards the development of other content in the game, and that was their argument for the lack of content that we had starting in uh, base game Destiny Two, and we just never saw those returns. So then now they're like. Uh, we've we've scrubbed, we've made it easier so that you can get all the aesthetic items, all the microtransactions items a little bit easier uh, via oh, yeah. the steadfast engrams from uh, Eververse. Um, cool dance moves now. Like, uh, um, if it, you, yeah, nice. if you want to get them now, spend silver. Um, but otherwise, uh, all this money is gonna go into a few other things. But now the DLCs are gonna focus on content uh, updates rather than story updates, which I think is a smart choice because Wait. they're. they're Re rewording the semantics around what they're going to be doing with the DLCs and also they're making a promise to us that we're going to hold them more accountable to especially since they've kind of kind of redeemed themselves kind of redeemed I, I, okay I was not there before Forsaken I actually I was for like three days but uh right no, but we don't get don't get me wrong. We we are very grateful to the fact that they're listening to us. Finally, they made uh, made all these changes. But we're cautiously optimistic. We're keeping a very cautious uh, watch on what the first DLC is going to bring, and if it justifies the cost, because I have to spend fifty Canadian dollars to get the annual pass, then we'll start celebrating Bungie for. I mean, I'm already celebrating parts of Bungie, 
but you got the flags you know I mean? up and you're shooting confetti, but at the same time, you have no idea if they're gonna step on a mouse trap on their way to doing like the like right all the thing. celebrations are going on. The uh, crackler, you know, the fireworks are going off, the music's playing, the confetti's in the air. But the moment but I'm not Bungie smiling. lifts its foot to make a step, everyone's quiet. Like, pretty much, pretty much. So that's my that's my take on the collector's editions versus. And they make like they make a single step in the right direction, and then it's like hooray again. But then they step up again. It's like. <laughs> I, I can see that. I can see that. So I, I think that's uh, enough to cover for the top of the show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's not really a versus. Obviously, DLC makes the most money because it's something that's usually cheap. You know, three to five dollars, or even cheaper nowadays. Or more expensive, depending on what you know, free platform that's on every single console. You know, is speaking of which, did you get to play the best platform for Fortnite on the Nintendo Switch? I w I was gonna make a joke. You're, you're gonna raise your voice and talk angrily. Um, you speak quietly when you speak on the Nintendo Switch, the best platform for any game. Oh, I I do not doubt that. I was gonna talk ill of the game rather than oh, the platform. Okay. Yeah, uh, Fortnite is garbage. I would never play it again on any other platform except for the PC because that's a that's a platform where I would hate myself less for playing Fortnite. Okay, okay, no, that's that is fair. I'd rather stand on you know grass when I'm playing a game than on hot concrete. Uh, <laughs> I know terrible analogies. I'm terrible with analogies today. <laughs> I, I hit gold with that freaking uh, that kingdom. Okay, so instead of going back to the glory days, let's wrap it up. Game releases that are coming out this week, and I brought up a couple from earlier last week for the listeners on Monday here today, uh, because you know we didn't really get the chance to talk about yep. the games last week, kinda, sorta. So I'm starting on October 5th. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey came out on Friday, alongside Super Mario Party. Now, Super I've... Mario Party. I've heard very good things about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yes, All very I, high I, things. I've heard very good things, and I don't know, I might just be tempted, you know? Yeah, get it for the Switch. Uh, no, it didn't come out <laughs> for the Switch. Sad face. Uh, woo. But Super Mario Party did come out for the Switch. Uh, hopefully, very hopefully, I did get it. I just, I want to stream it. It's either going to be, I either it would have done it on Saturday night, AKA tonight for us right now, or it's going to be uh, Sunday yesterday. So by the time you guys hear this, it's going to be gone. I'm sorry. But there's going to be a chance hopefully next weekend where I get to play and maybe other people get a chance to play with me if you own the game. Uh, let's see. Uh, coming out on the 9th, which I believe is actually today. No, Tuesday, tomorrow. Uh, just, uh, just Gaia 1 completes coming out for the PS4 and the Switch, which might not be your cup of tea, Nick, but have you ever master looked at a Disgaea game? Or Disgaea? Never heard of it. I just looked it up. It seems like a tile turn-based game. Yes. Uh, it, I don't know if it came out before Final Fantasy Chronicles. It's essentially, you know, the yieldy version of uh, Fire Emblem that made it out to uh, the U.S. first, kind of make their step in the world, and then Fire Emblem happened. Yeah. Coming out on PS4 and Switch. Uh, same day, we got a bunch of games coming out this Tuesday. My Memory of Us also on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. I don't know what that game is. Have you heard of that game? Um, my memory of us is a reminiscence of a friendship between a boy and a girl. A friendship made during tough times. Times of terror and pain. I don't trust uh, them. An exclusion in a world where people were forced to live in two artificially detached worlds. You know, they made a very great synopsis for the uh, first Super Mario Brothers movie. 
I still don't trust. Uh, <laughs> it looks like a side-scrolling platform game where you play as one or maybe both the characters. Okay. Um, it has a very unique art style, but it is a very artsy game from the looks of it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Overwatch Halloween Terror, which I'm assuming is their Halloween you know, season for Overwatch. The skins that are coming out are fantastic this year. Witch I'm going Mercy. to be playing it a lot. I'm not. No, I'm. I already have Witch Mercy, so I don't need to grind for Witch Mercy. I'm, oh, I'm getting the Mortis skin. skin. Yeah, the please play the game. Uh, the Mortis game. Uh, the Mortis game. The Mortis skin. The oh, Moira skin. Yeah, the Moira skin. She's got a. She's got like some witch skin or some uh, warlock skin. It's gonna be sick. Nice. Nice. That's something to look forward to. Stranded Deep is coming out for PS4 and Xbox One. I thought this game had come out already, but maybe it was on PC through Steam or something. I don't quite know. Uh, let's see. WWE 2K19 coming out. Yeah, on skip. For, it's coming out for <laughs> PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Not Switch this time. I want to point out that WWE 2K18 came out on the Nintendo Switch. But it got immediately booed and demanded to be refunded because uh, they really, really toned it down compared to the consoles. Just because uh, they didn't think it had the processing power. I, d- I didn't know they still made comedy games. But anyways. You know, okay, so you may trash talk WWE 2K. And you're right to do so. But you're also right in saying that it's a great comedy game because... I'm, I so l- I'm appreciating for the art form it is. These are com- this is th- It's all comedy and drama. I love the idea of, like, I don't care about wrestling in general. Like, you ask me about actual, like, uh, WWE, anything in regards to that, no fucking idea. But what I do know is if I can make Shrek in a game wrestle Pikachu, <laughs> I'm doing something right here. This is the Super Smash Brothers. I didn't ask for it, but I but sure you need it. I, I, I need it, and I feel like I deserve it at this point in life. And... I was actually going to get 2K18 for the PlayStation 4, but my wife took it out of my hand and then wouldn't let me buy it. And uh, the guy at the register is like, that's okay. It's going to get cheaper once uh, the new game comes out anyway. So you must have waited a couple of days. And so I got Shadow of the Tomb Raider instead. Uh, Kirk's coming out for PC October 11th. I don't know that game, but I'm guessing I with that. Couldn't do, like, couldn't find anything on a quick search of it. Spoiler alert, it's probably from Russia. So, uh-huh. Call of Duty Black Ops 4, no more beta time. It's coming out on yep. the 12th. And wow, people are really did. excited for uh, Blackout, Blackout, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yep. Blackout. So, this Friday, we got that. Alongside that, we have Disgaea 1 Complete coming out in Europe. Uh, we talked about it a moment ago that it was coming out in the U.S. on the uh, Tuesday, but on the 12th, it'll be coming out in Europe for the PS4 and Switch. Uh, no love for the Xbox One with that company. Wow. So... Wow. Uh, a new section I wanted to put out, and I, I hope this works out, man. I hope this works out. This day in gaming. So Monday, October eighth, aka today, when this podcast comes out, this war, you know, in this day in the world, multiple games came out. You know, years of pass. Yeah. Yep. And uh, should we start with the newest or the oldest? Um, I mean, we might as well just we'll start with the newest. So we have um, Mario Sports Mix that came yeah. out on 3DS in 2015. Uh, I'm not aware of this game. Uh, okay, so this is uh, Nintendo's attempt to saying, hey, you guys like Mario Strikers Charge for the Wii, the soccer game? Let's give you like that and a bunch of other games, but let's dumb it down and make it poorly done. Also, let's put it on the 3DS because we hate you. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, I was excited to play this because I wanted to play Mario Soccer with my friends, but 
my friend looked at it and said, don't do it. It's not worth it. So it's right. really, really upsetting. Maybe great for the kids. But not so much for adults or avid fans. And then we've got Shovel Knight that came out Shovel in 2014 Knight. through when Steam. It originally came out this day in 2014. Yeah. Uh, and Shovel Knight is one of those indie games. Yes. Uh, it, Shovel Knight is, in fact, an indie game that got yeah. huge amount of popularity. But the nice thing about the developer, and I don't remember the developer specifically, but Shovel Knight was famous for being and many other games like just making one time appearance oh okay yeah i okay i know shovel knight now yeah yeah i've seen this so uh, the uh, developers are yacht club games um i mean for god's sake it's the first indie game that i'm aware of that got an amiibo okay yeah oh uh, speaking of what do you get to explore the world of amiibos now oh, i have man. no idea what the fuck that is wait okay so look at me you see over here on the shelf there's a bunch of yeah, like random figurines yeah. Those are amiibos. Those are Nintendo based. All of them figurines. or some of them? All of them. All okay. the ones out on the top one. We got like any character that's in Super Smash Bros. or a Super Mario Party has their own amiibos. Uh, like, you know, if you want a thing of Link or Waluigi, Zelda, Mario, Peach, there's a amiibo for it. And they, they're cool because A, they're figurines. And B, they have uh, a chip inside of it. A, uh, I think it's called the RFID or whatever it's yeah. called that you could put, press against the. Uh, the switch and it will recognize that chip and depending on the game will give you a special bonus like if you were to play breath of the wild and you were to press a princess zelda amiibo to it a chest will drop from the skies and you might be able to get uh zelda's royal bow from it the user oh wow okay or if you were to pick uh wind waker links amiibo put that down fish will drop from the sky the sky like lol it's the ocean right right Right. it's a terrible idea and don't do it but if there's a cool amiibo that you like there's usually a benefit for having it and of course, okay. uh, you can barely see it in the background. I got Waluigi representing like the front of everybody because he's the true, <laughs> the champion we need but don't deserve. So, coming out in 2013 on this day, Beyond Two Souls for the PS3. So, uh, <laughs> so um, Beyond Two Souls. Um, it's a no, game. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it, it's another uh, Quantic Dreams game. Yes, by Mr. Cage. Oh. Our beloved Mr. Yes, David Cage. Yes, this was the the last dream that David Cage had uh, before uh, Detroit to uh, become human was a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Then we've you, got you call it you call it a dream. Some people call it a nightmare, but you know, think <laughs> of. Uh, then we had Donkey Kong Barrel Blast come out on the Wii in 2007. Yes, uh, maybe not the biggest thing in the world, but it was something. Like, uh, let's be real. I got to look at uh, between 100 and 150 different games that came out in this day in history. So not all of them are gangbusters. Not all of them, all of them are interesting. We got a couple of interesting ones though here. For example, the next one, this might've been in Europe because I believe in America, it came like a couple of weeks later. Pikmin 2 for the GameCube came out this day in Europe in 2004. And uh, what is what is Pikmin? Wait, uh, okay, I'm assuming. I Legit question. Okay. Right yeah. So, uh, Pikmin is a game where you get to essentially farm and discover little creatures called Pikmin to assist you, and you try to build up a large squadron of them to collect materials that look like everyday items to bring back to your spaceship so you can take off and be on your way. These things are ugly. <laughs> they're, they're, they're horrifying. <laughs> yes. And, uh, the game itself, like the first one, I mean, the second one, I really enjoyed because, you know, playing as Louie and Olimar, which are the two different pilots in that game, uh, you basically 
you'd basically throw these little fuckers at monsters, murder them, drag their corpse to your ship, and your ship would create more of these Pikmin. And so you'd slowly but surely build an army to get past puzzles, like, for example, Red Pikmin are immune to fire. And right, you're right. supposed to murder uh, those guys and, or, you know, drag their corpses or treasure back and try to, you know, continue from that. All the meanwhile, you got to, like, uh, do it only during the day because if it turns nighttime, then the big guys appear out of nowhere and eat all your Pikmin and it's game over. Right. Yeah. Well, it makes sense why I wouldn't know of Pikmin because it is a first party Nintendo title created by Shigeru yeah. Miyamoto. Yes. So, um, uh, first Pikmin and second Pikmin, I believe, came out on uh, the GameCube. Then Pikmin yeah. 3 came out for the Wii U. There was a Pikmin Go game that came out for the 3DS, which you might have had yeah. a chance at, but eh, it wasn't the best. Right. Um, and then uh, the last thing that we have on the list here is the Game & Watch multi-screen Rain Shower uh, with a U.S. release of 1983. Now, I could be wrong, but throughout all the uh, uh, the next Switch initiative quizzes that we've had, yes. Game & Watch is a Nintendo uh, device? Yes. Uh, before the Game Boy was actually a thing, because uh, the Game Boy, the original Game Boy, I didn't think it got to see the light of day until like late 80s, I believe. But uh, Nintendo was still making handhelds for, uh, during that time. Yeah. It was called the Mr. Game & Watch series. And basically it was uh, almost Tiger-style games where it was just a simple, don't put a cartridge in, just one game. It plays the yeah. same thing over and over and you try to you know, beat and get the high score using this black and white icon screen. Yeah, so I think the first one was Tetris or... Uh... Uh, ping pong either one i can't remember specifically but it, this is the information thanks to thanks to your your invention that i have now retained officially <laughs> so. it's kind of sad because uh we could have totally picked mr game and watch because that was nintendo's officially that was their first jump into yeah. the game world i think that was before the nintendo even yeah. uh maybe not it was definitely around that time though 1983 oh you know that was I think uh, that was entering the phase of the first video game depression, even where uh, video games were turning into a huge slump at that point. Rough times, rough times, rough times. So let's wrap it up here. Uh, Nick, where can we find you and all the social media that you want to, you know, tell the world about? I know um, you got secret identities. So we can't mention that's okay. There are no secret entities. All my uh, social media is like all one. So you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash LRWarrior11. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at LRWarrior11. Um, I have a stream schedule, but uh, school's been getting really busy the last couple of weeks and school's always going to be the priority. So don't expect me to stick to it. But Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll be able to know whether I'm streaming that day or not. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Good information. Now, uh, as I want to uh, reiterate here, my stream schedule is on hold. I'll stream when I can, but I don't have a solid one, which is the nightmare situation for anybody that wants to consistently watch you. And I'm very sorry, but you got to understand that I not only added an extra 15 hours or so to my normal work schedule that I got to cut out of time. I'm also working third shift, so I can't, you know, Unless I'm going to stream in the truck, you know, shooting myself in the foot. <laughs> By the way, beat Scoured Sword. I forgot to mention that one. Yeah, it was an okay game. <laughs> it, it's weird because it started off rough, but at the end, I had like a fine appreciation for it. But then I got to remind myself that it took almost 15 hours to get to that appreciation. It was just a slow drag. But if you want to check me out and just you know follow me to see whenever I pop on, you know, because if you download the Twitch app on your phone, 
or if simply if you have an email in your uh, attached to your phone, it will let you know whenever somebody comes on. And I love to play my Zelda games. Now, I think uh, from the future, I'm going to be trying a couple of new games just uh, that are not Zelda for now because I got Spirit Tracks coming up in the horizon very soon. Uh, based on Nick's uh, suggestion, when I get the chance, I want to play Sinuous Sacrifice, a.k.a. Hellblade. And then I also want to play some Super Mario Party. And then whenever I have off time, but I don't have enough time to do a full stream, I'm going to work on and stream Super Sub Island. So you guys can okay. probably see what the yeah. hell I'm talking about here. So Minecraft, Super Mario Party, and then for the spoopier versions, hopefully on the weekend, if I get a chance. Basically, whenever my friends don't want to play with me, <laughs> and I'll play by myself and my mental health issues. Uh. And so you can check me out, twitch.tv slash two times Tyler, all one word. I'm also on Twitter at two times Tyler, all one word, all letters and all that stuff. Don't put a number in there. You'll screw yourself over. You'll deny yourself sweet sexiness. Don't ever put numbers <laughs> in your freaking name. It's terrible. Oh, two of them, too. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. 11. At least it's not like XXX69420XXX. You know, it could be worse. Yeah, I mean, I'm very, you know, fluent in leet speak. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, I got very upset because uh, I got called the millennial yesterday. Oof. Like, oh, why? Well, technically, like, technically they're, they're correct. I mean, yes. You're only, yeah, you're like, only well, uh, three years older than me, so that puts you at 92. You're a millennial, technically. The guy that told me this was like 36, 37, and I got a couple of things for him first off. And I was like, why would you just say that, though? It's like, why would you hurt me like this? And he's like, because you vape. And I'm like, I'm sorry, old man. Don't you consider this a portable portable humidifier to you at this point? Jeez. And I was like, you told me not even earlier today that you applied 13 years early for AARP so you could get your senior discount coffee. Come on, old man. Like, who, who's your teacher, Dumbledore? <laughs> and it's like, step off me. Anyways, on the podcast, at MasterQuestPod on Twitter, if you want to keep up where we post random stuff, which I have tasked very heavily handed to Nick to see if he'll actually do it. Yes. I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm going yeah. to turn on notifications on Twitter so I can see every time you post. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to trust you. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, final section i'd like to think any plans warning fun facts uh just an fyi we're gonna swear in this uh podcast episode it might be a little bit late and warning on that one but uh might drop a couple of words <sighs> such as the vita there we go so <laughs> i'm sorry Oof. i know any plans Yikes. uh so plans will continue we're gonna try to do an hour and a half every week we're right on yep. schedule with that we did a great job and yeah, if you yeah, like uh, our method, you know, because something's going to be a little bit different. Like story time this week might not be story time. I might challenge Nick to a life and death duel where I'll shoot him a question. And he'll shoot me a question and see who's smarter. And then we'll smack our EPs together and, uh, you know, which one breaks the sword and whatnot. But don't worry. He has the katana. I have the bastard sword. Even though his sword was folded 10,000 times by a master forge chef, it's not going to pierce a two and a half inch thick sword that I need both hands to swing with. It's just not gonna happen, Nick. Okay. But I, but I have the drill that will pierce the heavens, Tyler. Oh my God, I'm gonna barf. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I have a fucking anime. Anyway, uh, so speaking of trash, don't forget. <laughs> Actually, I don't have the pilot too. Uh, is there um, anything else that you want to warn about before we uh, we were super duper done here? Um, yeah, there was a leak um, on a Harry Potter open world RPG that was that that's supposed to come out, and that leak was taken down, meaning that it's probably real. And I'm really excited. That's it. 
Okay, cool. Uh, are you going to tell us the no? No, like, that's it. It just showed um, you can make your own characters, run around, do spells, uh, run oh, around okay, in Hogwarts. Okay, okay, okay. Like, it was a legitimate leak, and then it was taken down really quick, which means that there's probably, like, it's probably real. That's it. That's Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Warner Bros. So that was episode 21. That was Nick. This is Tyler. And that was Casual Master Quest. We're going to see you guys next week, hopefully. Don't forget to send us love. If you want to email us, I didn't put this here, and you want to tell us uh, how great Game & Watch was, or, you know, what's your version of the, you know, the kingdom of fetishes, go ahead and email <laughs> us, uh, or, you know, hit us a tweet over at Twitter at MasterQuestPod or, ma- or CasualMasterQuest at gmail.com. It's the show at gmail.com. Anyways, that's it. We're going to call it here, wrap it up, and don't forget to never stop the grind. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Maybe we'll say some more goodbyes while you wait for the podcast to end.